Emerson just came on two weeks ago, maybe. So uh, for many of you, I have post for him because he doesn't know how to do it. He was uh, he won an educational award at the line through this Peace River School Division for a while ago. So. Um, and he brings a wealth of experience from sports and education and everything else. He's also uh, sitting with some of our youth on the RCMP Advisory Committee. As well, we have a youth on the museum board, Cameron Media. Uh, so I don't know if Laura's mentioned uh, he's been attending their meetings. And uh, we're looking at having someone sit on the FCSS board and uh, the library board has asked us. So the idea behind that is um, I don't think anyone was on this council about five years ago. We were able to have youth that are old enough for our youth council. We asked them to be 15 and older. And so we had youth come and present to town council just a few minutes. And there were there was the ability to provide partnerships and different um, activities. So back then, it was town council, youth centre, and Rotary that actually developed the community garden behind ground level. So we're just hoping that through presentations and just keeping you up to date on youth in the community, you can see things from a youth perspective, but you can also maybe see um, opportunities for growth, for partnership, or perceive what the may be in the future. Um, the only thing that maybe we would come and ask about for this meeting is winter is coming to town and what we have uh, troubles with every year is when they plow the roads, um, they bank all the snow up against ground level. So two things happen. One, we get stuck with vehicles all the time and we have a lot of we have our youth workers, plus we have kids that drive, plus we have facilitators come in and they're constantly getting stuck. But more so than that is the safety. Once you bank snow all the time, it gets icy and that's the crosswalk. And we've had kids fall and people drive terribly fast around that corner. So I don't know um, if it's within your budget to be able to just, whenever there's a plow available, just slide in and clear that parking lot for us. Um, we hope for that to be given time. Um, that's the only thing that may be considered for, for the winter when kids do that. Our kids, they can shovel as well. There's nothing wrong with that. But once you get a huge amount of snow, it's just overwhelming. So there's that from ground level. Um, so are you going to send us a letter on that? Would you like that? Well, yeah, then that way it's uh, documented because you have, you said we are currently in the process of asking the town. So. So are you saying that you just asked us, I'm or are you going to send us a letter <laughs> okay. asking us? I just asked. Yeah, so if you could maybe send us a letter. Okay. And address to? Um, see you. See you. Okay. okay. All right. <coughs> uh, do you um, our numbers are down right now, as they usually do once winter gets here, but then kids get their winter skin and then they're able to walk again. So. <laughs> Um, from the Sega Tower perspective, just uh, highlight a couple of things. Um, with our recent elections, well, prior to our recent 
for provincial and federal elections. We have the right where we're funding is. Uh, our last um, conversation federally with the Conservative government left us looking like there would be no friendship center funding uh, come April. With new government coming in, who knows what that looks like? I'm expecting it will be um, more positive. However, governments can't go act overnight, and so there may be issues with funding. That's just an update. Um, I kind of don't let that stop us. We seem to find a way of you know, doing and getting things done. So the other thing that we recently had was a community consultation. Um, I believe Elaine was there for the first day. I just wanted to let the council know that there were nine potential calls to action um, for this community addressing housing, education, and employment. And out of those nine ideas, let's call them, there was one that may have cost money. Other than that, it's really through partnerships. And so I just wanted to make you aware of that, and when our final notes come forward for this community, I want to share them with you. And I'd also like to know how to approach a conversation about these action items or these um, ideas for programming and projects. Um, is it best to send you an email with uh, the notes the report and these ideas and let you, if you're interested, say, okay, Tracy, let's, let's have a meeting. Uh, yeah, that would be best because uh, if you come to this, this meeting and you read them out to us, we don't have any time to digest them and it, uh, we feel like we're put on the spot. So. Um, and I, they weren't um, a lot of thought. It's not something that anyone should jump into, and so it's for the community, and there should be no ownership with it, but to be able to embrace as many people as, as we can. Because I think funding everywhere will be tight for the next little while. So you uh, got some funding from us, from FCSS. Mm -hmm. Did you get any funding from the other neighboring municipalities? In a variety of ways. So we have to be methodical when we ask for funding. So FCSS, um, every year that I've been there for the past seven years, and then prior years before that, but I can't tell you how long, has always provided us with the, with the grant. And it's helped us with whatever we fall short of at the youth center. Um, the neighboring municipalities help us in other ways, like, for example, our youth career fair. Um, different initiatives um, like an extreme sports camp that we did or a, a culture camp. So although it all addresses our youth center, we may not call it ground level youth center, but maybe a program or an event within the youth center. So yes, we do get some funding. Um, not all municipalities have a lot of money either, but uh, Northern Sunrise County, we see a lot more kids come from that area and they work really well with us. So what about uh, Woodland Cree and uh, Lubicon Cree? Are, uh, are they part of your funding mix? Am I saying that right, Lubicon Cree, or uh, do they go by a different name? Woodland Cree or Kadot Lake, okay. or uh, Lubicon Band. Or Lubicon Band, okay. 
Okay. Now, friendship centers are specifically urban Aboriginal. However, the reality is, is we get the influx of everybody that doesn't have the help on reserve. So we see some kids from Duncan because they may go to Glenmary. We see kids from uh, Woodland and Lubicon or Loon or Pierce um, from any of the surrounding communities that may end up coming into Peace River for education or employment or may find themselves without housing. So unfortunately there's not a lot of funding that falls, follows them. If there was, we wouldn't have a problem with homelessness. Um, that would be probably our first um, issue. There is a lot of youth homelessness that we need to address, but right now they're couch surfing and seem to be, except for maybe a few, um, in a safe, safe place for now. We do, we just received word that we about the Family and Community Safety Program. It was supposed to be a three-year funding stream. However, they cut it down to one year, again, because of the election. So that that program actually addresses Duncan, Peace River, Woodland, and Rubicon. And it will address safety from a cultural perspective and engaging communities in culture to maintain safety. Because if you can connect people um, back to community, back to culture, within families, you develop a safety net. So it's a one-year program, and uh, we'll be working. We already go out to Woodland, uh, sorry, Cadott Lake School, and Lubicon Lake School. So, um, and you mentioned this in your... Uh your community consultation, you had three points, housing, education, and employment. And earlier on, you talked about um, a number of your uh, kids, so to speak, are going to post-secondary. So can I ask, is Northern Lakes College a, so, okay. Very much. And, and is Northern Lakes College, uh, is it uh, any specific programs that the a kids are going to? A lot of it is upgrading or social work. Great, and social work. And did they also have a nursing program, right? I've, oh, yeah. Any of the kids that we've seen go back, I haven't, I don't know them to attend the nursing program. Oh, okay. But if we can get them <coughs> in the graduation process, we've been successful. Yeah. And a lot of them go to outreach. Okay, That's, so, that was my next question, okay. Great. This has nothing to do with my presentation, but if you ever get a, a request from the outreach for funding, please let them. I don't know what this community would do without that program. Oh, I think they've got Elaine Manzer in their corner. <laughs> so. so do you have any questions? I know I just rattle off and I can sit here all night. You know that that's why it's probably the best. If you have a question to email me. <laughs> Tracy, when do you anticipate uh, these notes being sent? So, what it is, is um, the federal government has asked friendship centers to do community consultations in, I think, 15 different communities. And so we're waiting for all of those communities to be done and the consultation report to be out by January. 
if you would like me to do my uh, Reader's Digest version of the community consultation, I can definitely send that out earlier. So are we linking the community consultation and the action or desired outcomes uh, with the Aboriginal, I call it the Aboriginal Accord, I know it's uh, our friend Dennis Whitford doesn't quite use that term, but it's declaration. the declaration. I think everything is a matter of choice. Okay. Okay. So maybe next month. Um, I'm not sure what your calendar looks like. Can we do this on a monthly basis? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we're pretty thin in December, though, I think, aren't we? So maybe we want to start in the new year. Sure. And then I'll talk about some other stuff. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, Thank thanks. you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for <clears throat> and I'm, uh, our next presentation is the uh, Ski Hill Business Plan, and uh, I'll call on Lyndon Waits to come forward and present the plan, I guess. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Or good after, good evening, I think. It's still morning, that way I'm not as far behind. I thought it was going to be a long presentation. <laughs> No, actually, I don't have a presentation either. I was requested by uh, FCSS to show up here and talk to you folks. Uh, okay. Let me just bring you up on an update of what's going on at the Hill. Um, since the last time we were here, we've, uh, we've made two steps forward and one step back, which is a lot better than what we're doing. We've got the chalet is under renovations at this point in time. The entire interior is being repainted, and uh, new lighting fixtures put in there. A bunch of electrical has been donated to us to fix things inside. <coughs> um, a local gas fitter has donated his time. He's got all our furnaces working as efficiently as possible at this point in time. And uh, they're going to need some updating in the next few years, but uh, that's in the future. Right now, we're just trying to get through this winter. Doffelmeyer uh, electrical crew is on scene as we speak. Uh, they're putting the finishing touches to our T-bar, which was damaged in the grass fire this weekend or this uh, this spring. I was going to go this weekend. What? <laughs> so uh, once they're done, uh, I'm going to go up there with them tomorrow and go through some final checklists. And we have to wait for uh, our DARSA, which is a government body, to come in and recommission the lift for us. Once that's done, we will have all three lifts operational for this season ahead. We've got uh, snowmaking. Uh, we started snowmaking last week with our new snow guns. Unfortunately, there's a town issue. And uh, we had to shut down the snowmaking issue uh, last Thursday, I believe, was when we shut it down. Uh, it must have been that reservoir 40, 475 and the water pressure. Something like that, yeah. Either way, we couldn't make snow this weekend anyways. It was too warm and windy to make snow. But our new guns do, uh, do outperform the old ones. We had five guns operating at one point in time using less energy consumption than what we used before on all our guns. Yeah, I was wondering why you, why you guys hadn't started them up because I heard Rabbit Hill in Edmonton is making snow. <laughs> Everybody's making snow. And, uh, and like I said, we did start, but unfortunately I had to shut it out. So as soon as we get the okay from the town again, then we'll start up again, uh, get the bottom covered and work our way up the lift lines and get the top covered. 
we do still have some water issues on our end of things. Um, we found some major breaks up top, and unfortunately, with the snow that we do have, we are unable to get to the top at this point in time. Once we are able to get up there with our snowcat, we're going to drag a welder up there, and we're going to cut out a chunk of pipe and replace that uh, leak and pressure test it again and see where it goes from there. Questions from uh, from any of you folks? So, um, sorry. Um, with respect to the chalet and whatnot, do you foresee being able to rent that out uh, over the winter for different things? Yeah, we've no? already started that. That's why I've got a crew over there right now. Our first event is this Friday night, and if you go in there right now, you think we're not going to be ready. <laughs> But uh, we have events there twice this weekend. I've got pretty much every weekend in December, I've got booked up with events. I've got events into the spring, and I've got summer events already booked. Um, we figured that we can't make money as much snowmaking and, and skiing, so we're gonna have to make money elsewhere, and that's where we're, we're renting the hall out. We figured we better get it renovated and do some. And for people to uh, ask to rent, who do they, con or how do they contact? They contact the Hill. Yeah, they just phone them out, and, and we've got we've got operations managers inside and outside now working to get the hill going, so they can call them, uh, and if they get a voicemail there, it's automatically directed over to me, and we've got it covered. In fact, I've already got a Christmas party booked for next year. <laughs> That's predictive planning. <laughs> that being said, I have some of the local venues a little perturbed at me that I'm taking away from them, but I don't care. <laughs> I gotta make money. <laughs> it's a free marketplace. That's right. So your your equipment, Linden, is in good enough shape to get you through, or use it until something blows up again? We're praying an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, the snowmaking guns are brand new, so we're good there. Our snowmaking lines on the bottom end, we pressure tested those to the maximum pressure. They're good. Up top, we started losing pressure and we had a major water blowout. So we shut that down. Like I say, we're fixing that. Hopefully, once that one's fixed and we pressure test again, we can hold pressure and build snow up top. Pumps? Pumps are marginal. They, uh, they're working for us. We've had a couple local contractors come in. Uh, balance a few things on it, uh, repack a few things here and there and update it for us. So they're predicting that we can make them through the season and, and get into next season. So that, uh, that again, that's part of our long-term business plan is to rebuild that entire snowmaking structure. We do have to put snowmaking up on the uh, uh, south side of the hill where the snow, or where the chairlift went in. We've got no snowmaking, we've got no electrical infrastructure in there at all. That has to be put in in order to operate safely at night if we run that chairlift. Right now, for night skiing, we cannot run our chairlift. How about school bookings? Are you taking those yet? School bookings are already booked. Uh, I've got two schools in January, and I've got three in March so far. I'm just looking at you. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, Your Worship. Lyndon, just, uh, I, I guess, uh, I would tip my hat to you. I, uh, I, you've certainly been able to rally some of the local industry guys, and uh, I'll, I'll name Frank Late and uh, and, uh, and Rodney DeBolt from Northern Cross. And I, I, I don't know how you do it, but I hope you send them a Christmas card this year. 
They get a Christmas card, and uh, I told the board that we're going to put on a, a sponsor day this year for those people that have helped us out free Great. of charge. Excellent move. Uh, it, it's going to be a free free weekend for them. They can come out. If we can afford it, we'll put on our own food so they can eat and drink, do whatever they want there, but it's free for the weekend for them. Well, good for you. I, it's always difficult to ask, and uh, uh, I'm not sure how you're doing it, but uh, great to see that you've got uh, well, local business and county businesses helping you out. That's, that's well, we've got a lot of excitement regionally, too. Uh, we've got, like you say, Northern Cross from, from Northern Sunrise. Uh, I've had a few people from uh, Northern Lights come forward and help us out. We've had a few donations from regional areas. Uh, I just picked up a big donation from ATV this afternoon to help out one of their community grants. I've got numerous grant applications and I've got a big one for about $35,000 right now that I'm hoping comes through. If it does, I've got a contractor that's going to put LED lighting in, on, completely on the hill, including a new area, and that'll cut down our cost big time on electricity for running night skiing. Once that's done, then I can open up two or three nights a week versus having to worry about opening up for one. Uh, on top of that, the other benefit or other bonus that we found this week is that we're going to have mountain biking. Hopefully, it'll be operational this summer. We found a CWB welder that can do our inspections on the welds. Uh, a couple of companies have shored up a few extra expenses, so we brought our expenses for that from about twenty-eight thousand down to right now about nine thousand dollars that we have to pay out to get that going. And then we'll have mountain biking and what I call sky rides to the top of the mountain during the summertime. Well, thank you. Great, uh, great report, Lyndon. And uh, like I said, I uh, a couple of people I single out there. I bump into people around the community in my travels, and uh, you've got a you've got a great head of steam going on Misery Mountain, and uh, keep going. It's a great, great asset, and we, we you. appreciate your work. Thank you. Lewis, uh, you mentioned that you were praying quite a bit. I noticed on your board of directors, you don't have any of the local clergy on. <laughs> Not quite yet. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Wright. No problem. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there are no bylaws, I think, in Mr. Parker to Correct. debate or enact. Uh, that takes us to unfinished business. Uh, there's a request for decision naming rights policy approval. Sketch this out for us, Mr. Parker. Uh, yeah, this policy has been before council and uh, governance uh, a couple of times here, and uh, we've taken the uh, basic uh, direction from uh, council, and this is the final policy to come back uh, for approval. Okay. Does, uh, do uh, any of the councillors around the table have any questions regarding this policy? your questions in the past being addressed or your concerns in the past being addressed? Just, Your Worship, I, I, uh, if I may, I, it, I'm, this, this seems to, uh, seems, seems fine with me, but it, it, I think we, one of the outstanding items we had was some communication with the not-for-profit, and I just wondered if uh, we had any feedback from, uh, well, the Alladair Rec Center as an example. Uh, it seems to me administration is going to send them a copy of 
the proposal so that they would understand that they had the ability to do some fundraising? And I just, or was I imagining that? I, I, I thought that was a uh, an IOU, but I, uh, in, in other words, uh, we would put those not-for-profit groups on notice that they had the ability to raise money through the naming policy, but I was under the impression that we were going to do that between now and then, or between now and when we're going to vote on this, but maybe maybe I misunderstood the communication. I, I guess, so is, was there any feedback from any of the non-for-profit? Actually, I do not think so. I, I don't okay. recall whether she's spoken to anyone. Okay. I thought they were going to do that after we approved the policy. I, well, I, well, maybe that's maybe that's where I was confused. I, I thought we were just getting some looking for some feedback. Yeah, but uh, that, that's fine. Um, uh, sometimes people don't uh, don't bother commenting until it's uh, basically signed into uh, into action, and then the complaints start. We can always adjust it afterwards, so maybe the thing to do is move this along because this is... No, that, that's fine. I, I would put a recommendation on the floor that we uh, accept the administration's recommendation that the Town of Peace River adopt the presented naming rights policy. Does anyone else have any questions for the CAO or administration regarding this policy? Okay, hearing none, I'll call for a vote on Councillor Needham's uh, motion. All in favor? So uh, that takes us to uh, new business, and uh, the first item under new business is the Anderson security request, and um, you've got a lengthy, uh, well, relatively lengthy uh, briefing note. Uh, are you going to speak to it? Mr. Parker, because uh, I've seen Ms. Modi as in, in the gallery. Actually, uh, Director Batch uh, uh, is going to speak to this one. Okay. Yeah, so what we're here for is to request Council's direction with respect to the form of security to, for the future development agreement between the Town and Peaceful Homes Limited. So we have a standard uh, development agreement, and within that development agreement, it requires that we ask for a letter of credit. Now, the developer has come forward and has requested uh, whether or not he could provide a bond instead of a letter of credit. There are um, a couple of uh, legal opinions within the report. Um, both of them state that the town should not be... Um, taking the letter of credit, as, or sorry, the bond instead of the letter of credit. The uh, letter of credit is uh, a better security for the town. They're easier to collect on, whereas the bond is more of an insurance policy and very difficult. It can be very difficult to collect the money on those. So, um, Ms. Modi has also set out some of the advantages and disadvantages of uh, requiring a letter of credit as opposed to a um, performance bond. Um, the advantage of a letter of credit is that uh, it ensures that the town can readily access the security should it be needed to complete the infrastructure for the development. 
and that decision is consistent with the town's standard development agreements. The disadvantages are, are that it limits the developer's cash flow. Um, if we accept a uh, performance bond, the advantage is that it increases the developer's cash flow, but the disadvantage is that it increases the risk to the town and would result in increased costs and work should the security be needed to complete the infrastructure for the development. Administration recommends that Council require any security to be provided in the form of a letter of credit. Have any questions on administration? <clears throat> How much for let's, uh, the the credit? Is it for the full value of the expected costs or correct? And, and the reason that is is um, if a lot of municipalities actually ask for anywhere from 100 percent to 120 to 130 percent, and the reason is because at the time that you start off the process, um, costs increase over uh, two three years. And therefore, if there is a situation in which the town didn't get a letter of credit, or if they got a letter of credit of only 100%, those costs might have increased by 10 to uh, 20%. Um, so we're just asking for, uh, which is the standard policy uh, of just the 100% as opposed to any more, uh, or a decrease in. Um, and the big reason is because you just don't want general taxpayers to be on the hook for uh, putting in the uh, uh, services. So, when the work's half done. Okay, yeah, just uh, give us a minute, minute here, Peter, and I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get your comments later. Yeah. Any other questions? So, so, when the work's half done, they still have 100% of the money tied up then, or, or whatever. Correct. Yes. I can see how that's certainly in the town's advantage. I can see where the developers would have an issue with it. But. So, the money is released once the... Um, town has inspected the the complete the project is complete and we have a certificate of completion showing that the work is done to our standards so at that point um, the town then holds back a portion that would um, represent if we had to repair anything any other counselors have any questions? I thought we just had this whole discussion here a few months back as to which way we were going to go as policy within the town and we did definitely decide that the bond was not the way we chose to go. So again, I think my recommendation would be that we stick with what we just hashed out and decide the bond. Was, uh, refresh my memory, uh, Councillor Sajak, uh, a few months ago, was that with something a specific project? I think it was a phase five development uh, in, in, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Was, I, I believe that. Again, another another development within town, and we had the discussion as to whether or not bond versus. Right. And so what did we do there? We require a letter of credit, and we got the legal opinion was, again, the same as this time. But we, we, requi we, we required got, the letter of credit. And yes. we got the letter of credit. We're still working on it, yes. Okay. Uh, Peter, uh, I forget your last name. Yorio. Yeah, say that again. Yorio. 
I, if you could come up and I'll give you a chance to comment. Hi, Okay, so I spoke to, uh, to Alicia and I came up with, uh, with uh, the suggestion that we change it from bond to letter of guarantee because a letter of guarantee, we're talking about $3 million. Okay, the work is going to cost us at least minimum $3 million. So we're going to have to take $3 million out of our money to, that we're planning on investing in Peace River and we're going to have to take it and, and, and leave it in a bank account for a bank to hold it for at least a year and a half to two years by the time we get everything done. Because the work isn't going to be completed if we don't sell all the homes. We've got to sell the houses first. And our money is there. If we, we, don't go, we don't need financing for the project, but if we take that $3 million away, we don't want to go get financing for the project if we want to pay interest and things like that. But if we have to take that $3 million away, it's crucial, really crucial for this project if it has to go on. Because let's say, God forbid, we don't sell any of the homes and we only sell four out of the 53. Then we're, we, we just invested $3 million and we sell four houses. That's, that's the problem we have. If, if, if we, if we uh, have to take that $3 million, take it out of our bank account, honestly, I, I, I don't think we, we're going to invest in that. And I, I'm not saying this as a, you know, like, a, not a, I'm sorry for my English, not that great, but I don't want to use it as a leverage. Event, you know, yeah, something, something else. But we want, we're ready. We started framing the houses already. We're ready to break ground in January. We're ready. We're, we're all in. We know the economy is getting worse and worse. And, and now with Shell, that's gone and, and, and everything that's going on. My partner is, is saying, Peter, do you think that we should keep going? I go, well, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go. Let's, let's keep going. I'm here. Look, I'm here full time. I'm not even leaving Peace River. I'm here full time. And I'm, I just want to get this project started. But this thing is really going to affect us uh, badly. You know, really, we're ready to give you a, a, a performance bond, a personal guarantee for me. I'll, my company can give you a performance bond. The sub-trader can give you a performance bond. And, and even if we do, if you decide to, to, to take the $3 million, we're not going to, let's say we only sell four homes. We can't do the whole paving and sidewalk and border and grass and there's no way, no way that we're gonna make it. It's, that's why we really, I would really appreciate if we can find a way to settle this problem because I think this is the last hurdle we have and that's it. Once this hurdle is gonna, we're ready to break ground right after this one. So, so I, I guess the issue, uh, if I understand it correctly, is you, uh, Let's say you put up a bond, um, a bond, and yeah, you're telling us you're gonna start. You're starting to frame the houses. You'll be putting up houses in January, and come February, nothing's done. Then that bond just. It, what happens to that bond? Can the administration answer? No, I'm not quite sure. Uh, to be quite honest, uh, uh, but I will talk about the, the letter of credit a little bit. It's the only way that uh, the town really can guarantee that there is money sufficient for um, putting in any infrastructure. One of the problems is we've had time and time again across the province where we've had uh, 
contractors that have come on in. They've done subdivisions, and uh, they sold all the properties, and then they went bankrupt. And then the towns were forced basically to put in the services, and there was no way that they could actually uh, recoup any of the costs. So you can actually go a different route. Um, but then if you are doing that, you are putting the taxpayers' money at a possible risk. Uh, this is the only way to make sure that there is no risk. And I know um, it, it is unfortunate, but every developer does come around, come forward and says, we want to move forward. Um, but this is the, you know, really this is the cost of doing business. But how could, how could the, 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 uh, the people's money be at risk on our project? What does the city have to do with us selling the houses? Let's say it's our land, okay, it's on our land, and we sell the homes. And let's say we only sell four homes. That's why we don't, we want to spend that $3 million, and then after that we only sell four. That's what we won't sell. We're going to try to sell them all. We're going to fabricate all the rest and rent them if we have to. You know, that's what we plan on doing. But if we have to spend $3 million without we're only selling four, forget it. We're not going to, we're not going to build more. But the, we, the $3 million, the, the infrastructure is the first thing that's going to be done on site, right? So it's going, to be the, it's going to be the first thing that we're going to be doing, and we're going to be spending that money right now. So the, the people's money isn't in danger, because we're going to be doing that. And now there's nothing on the line. So even if we, let's say, God forbid, we stop halfway, it's, it's just half, half the sewers there. That's it. Nobody else can use it. It's our land. We're not going to lose the land. The land is paid for. The land is ours. Nobody else can build it. And, and what would be the difference if the, if, if the city would hire, or like, I'll give you an example, Glenn Armstrong Construction, and you ask him for a, a performance bond, and let's say he goes bankrupt. It's exactly the same thing. And that's what we're saying is that we're, we want to, we're hiring all local, and it's 99% sure that it's Armstrong that's going to be doing the work. Glenn, uh, Richard, I mean. And if Richard does the work, he's going to give me a bond. And if I have to, we'll give you his bond and my bond. I'll get you two bonds. I know just the bond might cost me $20,000 or $30,000, dollars compared to $3 million. Big difference. And if, we, if, we, if the economy was good and we were sure to sell these 50 homes, 53 homes, I wouldn't be sitting here today. But what we're scared is that if we don't sell them, then we just spend $3 million in Peace River and we just lost it. If we already have half a million dollars spent, we, we spent, we, we paid our uh, our fees, or uh, I remember what they called outside, outside, outside levies. Yeah, we paid $200,000 outside levies. I got all the landscape. We, we just hydro-backed all the pipes to locate all the pipes. All the engineering plan is done. The, the concept plans are done. We're up to half a million dollars. You know? So, I don't know. I just, I think that if we can do that, can help us with this product with this item there's no other I don't see anything else us asking anything else for the city because I think we're done um, just, just a quick question your worship just so I'm understanding this correctly so if there is a line of or uh, the uh, letter of credit given to say the letter of credit's given. That underground infrastructure you stated is going to be put in first. Yeah. So if I'm correct, is a, does the line or the letter of credit is once that underground infrastructure is completed, that is that when 
the letter is let go. When we have a certificate of completion. For the underground infrastructure. And so that, that would come before you put the houses on site? No, well, we're going to start from the low point and then keep going. But don't forget, what we do first is just the effort, that means we do the drainage and the, the water, right? Then the rest has to be done only at the end, which means paving, sidewalks, curbs, grass. I can't do that first because then we're going to damage the asphalt, damage the curbs, and damage. So once the 53 houses are sold, then we come back and do the rest. So I, that's at the end, completely. So we say maybe half the amount is going to be at the beginning, a million five, and then the other million five is going to be only a year and a half later. So can the can the the letter of credit be split into two as far as saying the underground infrastructure is one project and then the above like the paving the curb and curbs and that as a second project well, it's and do one point five million dollar letter of but by doing by doing two letter yeah, lines of credit the one would well, be completed be first and that money would be would be dealt with and done with and would be back in your account. Well, by the time I get all that work done, well, we're talking about maybe three to four months. By the time, and let's say, let's say we only sell four houses, it's still a million and a half that we lose. That's, that's the disadvantage. You know? It's not because we don't, we're, we're, I'm not here to, 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 to ask not to give any guarantee. We're ready to guarantee personal mining, personal, or my partner personal, and my companies. We don't care because we know we're going to keep going with the project. It's our land. We have a million five. We take the land a million five hundred. You know, and it's there sitting. It's like eight, six, eight years we have it. So we want just want to develop it. You know, and the better the capacity we do it, the better it is for us. But we, there's just that, that if we do, if we get, we have to take that three million dollars and put it away. It really affects, and, and we don't know. I'll be honest with you. We have projects in Calgary, Edmonton, Regina, Edson, and we just. Think that it's going to affect our other projects. It's, not, it's the first one that would be affected is Peace River. You know, if we have to cut somewhere, we're going to say, well, guys, you know what? Let's let's continue in Edmonton where, where the economy is a bit better and all that. Let's work there and, and put Peace River aside, and then we'll see what happens in two three years, and then we're going to have to do everything again in two three years. So, what are the other communities that you have these projects, and what are what are they doing as far as letter of credit or bond? Well, some of them, I'll be honest with you, we have some of them, Calgary and and uh, and Edmonton. I think that they uh, they do ask for a letter of guarantee, but we're talking about a uh, we're talking about a three hundred million dollar project. You know, it's not exactly the same, and it's not it's it's financed with a bank, so that's different. You know, here we have no financing. That's the problem. That's the the problem and advantage. We don't have a bank. We don't have anybody financing us on this project. So it's our money, so we're going to have to take our money. We don't want to go to a bank and, and go get a $3 million line of credit or a loan of $3 million that we have to give $5 million in guarantee to get a $3 million loan. So, you know, if, but there's Edson. In Edson, we just uh, uh, just uh, give a, a bond. And and some places, uh, I'll be honest with you, some places ask for a letter guarantee and some places ask for a, a bond. Well, there's maybe one place so far, one or two places that we uh, that we got a bond. Smaller towns, we don't we have less problems giving the bond, but big towns like Calgary and Edmonton, all that we have to give a letter of guarantee. At hundred and twenty five percent instead of hundred. That's what we have to do. Yeah, I I realize that uh, we, we get these packages and uh, and and we're given time to uh, review them, read them and digest them. Uh, 
personally, I'm not comfortable um, doing a vote on it tonight. I think uh, I, I don't know if I'm the only one who doesn't want to vote, uh, but our, if there's, I'd prefer a motion to table this to at least the next meeting. So uh, uh, this is a lot to digest. I don't know how do other people feel. We're thinking about this a bit more, or uh, where are we at? Well, I think if people aren't comfortable, then we should have the discussion. And if we can, is it is it going to impact you if we put this off for no? What's no. our next meeting? Two weeks. Two weeks. Can we ask our can we ask our CEO to maybe meet with them and see explore their options? I guess. I'd hate to lose this project and just listen to CBC and they're talking about how to make developments happen and you know the one thing that stuck in mind you don't give developers money but you want to facilitate to make stuff happen so maybe there's some ways we can you know Chris can think outside the box think outside the box and come up with something you know again I don't want the town to be at risk but again I have a hard time thinking you need 120 percent of the total value of the cost because as long as they own it and they spend a million bucks on it as long as they own all the land. There's no, I don't see that there's a risk to the town. That's you know, right. If you get this situation where Chris talked, where they've sold all the lots, then you know, I can see the municipality being on the hook for providing the, their infrastructure there. So, but, uh, Mr. Nino? I, yes, I, I'm comfortable about tabling this, and perhaps council can have a well, the question was, are you uncomfortable <laughs> making a decision tonight? Or? I, I would prefer some more time to digest this. But just before you run away, just clarify again. So your investment, how much is in the property? How much money have you got tied up in the land? And can you put a value? We, 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 put, we paid the land $1.5 million. And, and another 200000 in offset? 500000 we, we spent so far since I'm here, in the last, since we started this project, plans, engineering, all that, we have another half a million of we're up to $2 million. So you've got $2 million in the property. I'm yeah. just trying to understand that investment. Out of our bank account, in other words, we have $2 million less. Okay, we have the assets. And then we started building houses in Calgary. Right? We started prefabbing them, thinking that we're breaking ground in January. And if we don't, it's because we have another project in Edson. Those houses will be just going to Edson. So we started fabricating the same project, same thing. We're building in Edson. So if those houses don't come here, they're going to Edson. And, and just to raise another point is that every, we're getting all local, local people working here, you know, like the, the concrete and the, and the excavator and the, and, and the, the, the formwork and, the, and all the finishing the interior. It's all, the, it's all people, all local people, you know. No, I, and, I don't, I, I guess what we're trying to balance here is the public interest. Yeah, I but understand. I also want to understand, I'm sorry. I'm trying to understand your investment. And, and obviously you've made a significant investment. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you ask the question, who's taking the risk? Well, we're, we're taking some risk on our end, but I look to your your company, and obviously you're you're taking some risk, and you put some uh, put some cash on the table, and uh, so I, I I think there's more to be considered, and uh, I would prefer we wait on this. I just wanted to say one last thing. Is well, that yeah. There's a way maybe that we can do it that like like. Uh, there would be a city inspection every every week or every two weeks, you know, make sure that you're satisfied with the way we're doing the work and put like there wouldn't be a risk, you know, after a month or every month or every two weeks, we have somebody from the city 
I can appreciate the timeliness and the um, significant um, investment and I would agree with the comment of one of the councillors that perhaps admin could have a conversation with the developer to see if there are any other options. I would put a motion on the floor of your worship to table this matter. All in favor of Councillor Nina's motion? So we'll try and deal with it December 7th. December 7th? Well, that's our next week. Okay, Okay, thank you. Thank you. Next item under new business is schematic design for the public workshop. Good evening. Um, what you have in front of you is a request for decision to award the schematic design of the proposed public workshop to VR2 Architect. And VR2, our bar writer, has been the architect on two previous builds for the town and one has been or the designs I should say is one has been the arena and the other has been the fire hall and administration talking to the directors on both these projects they've been very happy with VR2 and therefore I'm suggesting that using this architectural firm may be in the best interest of the town considering their history their history with us and the fact that going out the other alternative would be to go out for tender and time-wise it may push this project past next summer's proposed construction so what I'm asking for council is to approve the recommendation that counts uh, that the town uh, retain the R2 architect for the schematic design portion of the public works, and that is they would come in and discuss with us what the town requires, what they need, what they'd like to see, what they'd like to incorporate. They'd look at the land. They would give um, typically a site plan, floor plans, exterior elevations and cost options based on different scenarios of what we would like. Well, uh, given the uh, announcements of the last few days, we'll definitely try to have to incorporate some 
greenhouse gas saving uh, measures in this construction. So, but, uh, yeah. That's part. That's part scary because when I've talked to the engineer there, he doesn't seem to be big into that. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's just on a particular thing, but uh, he seemed to be kind of not really a strong proponent. But, yeah. but your uh, you, you want so your recommendation is uh, BR two. Uh, it'll save us time. Fifty thousand. They'll design it. Yes, and. A lot of it is based on their history with the town, and they the two other directors that were quite pleased with Deputy Mayor? Well, Mr. Mayor, I agree with Mr. Um, Councillor Burr's uh, comments. Um, I, I do also think that in these times and uh, present governmental initiatives on green and energy saving and stuff like that, that I would hope that whichever company we do pick is um, able to uh, provide those elements within the plan and hopefully they've got some experience at that too. And that would be part of the cost option if you wanted LED lighting throughout they would say it would be this much more. I, I guess what I'm also looking for is some well, new and bright ideas. We know about the lights, we know about the insulation. Is there something else that they can add to the building that will also fit within those elements? So, but that's what uh, Ms. Adams is saying. She's saying, okay, I'd like to go with these people because uh, there's, there's a bit of a time crunch. Because one of the things that we want to do is uh, keep this town working during this recessionary period, and uh, if we uh, we go out for a uh, a bid and the evaluation process and that sort of thing, uh, that may take us outside the construction window, and we'll have another saddleback on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, Mr. Ford, just one quick question. When you say that BR2 would be coming up as far as the schematic design and looking and looking at the land, how does this tie into the uh, geotechnical on the on the land that we spoke about for the for the fire hall, as it would may, may be a combined site? Um, this would not include the geotechnical. That would be the next portion, which would have to be tendered because it will be over the amount that can that when do we when do we see the report from the geotechnical that was already approved for that land? It was already approved. Um, that would be a fire hall. Isn't this, isn't that the same piece of land we're talking about? Yeah, it's the same piece of land. We we talked about putting them on the same piece of property. Uh, we talked about using the uh, there's a, uh, a collaborative grant between us and the County of Northern Lights, and we suggested to the fire chief that part of that be spent doing the, doing the geotechnical on that piece of property. Uh, I guess what uh, Ms. Adams is saying is you, you're, uh, you're one step ahead of us here. She's got to put in the design, and as part of that design, I'm assuming that you're going to tell BR uh, 
that VR2 that they need to make room for a possible fire hall on that piece of property. Absolutely. And that was talked about when I met with him, that that was a proposed site for potential fire hall in conjunction with the, with the uh, public workshop. But the geotechnical, it, it was with the fire hall, correct? Yeah. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't the, be privy. That was the money the council had passed a motion, do you recall, to prepare that site and to possibly use part of that shop money to do a geotechnical oh, on that site. Do you recall that? Yeah, because that, that was my motion. Yes. Uh, that was a while uh, ago, and it was, to, it was the, to approve for the geotechnical for that specific site. Okay. So I'm, I'm just wondering how does that geotechnical play in with the fire hall and and the public workshop being its own thing, it could possibly be on the same property. Well, the geotechnical, depending, it probably would be a slab building, and the, depending on the location is when they do the geotechnical to see if it could support the building that size, what type of, so they wouldn't go through and do um, boreholes all through, throughout the lot. It would be designed where it would be placed, and then the geotechnical would be at that point. But I'm not a geotechnical engineer, but I, my assumption is it would be at that point in the engineering component of the schematic or the designs. There's so this is just a thought process of what council likes in a public works department, public workshop. So there's no electrical, no, no um, engineering done, no geotechnical. This is just site plan, floor plans that you that council approves and then the detail begins. So you're just doing like an initial plan just like the the pictures we've seen with the the fire hall building already. Absolutely. So as far as a site plan, how how do you plan on coordinating that, the shop with the fire hall on the same property or have you gone that far yet? No. Uh, Mr. Parkin, you wanted to add something? Well, first of all, we need council approval that that's what they want to do is build the shop and the fire hall on that piece of property. So that'll be our next step is bringing it forward. I did talk to the um, uh, architect uh, about uh, geotechnical and uh, and also um, with Trent, the engineer. And uh, what they said is they said if you decide to put both of them on the same uh, property, even if there's a little separation between the two buildings, if you weren't going to join them and uh, once you have the first guy out there doing the first set of holes, and you know that's going to be a lot more of the property you're going to use, they can actually expand. And I said the cost is actually uh, a good chunk of the cost is getting them out there. But once you start drilling, a few extra holes isn't going to cost as much more as opposed to bringing them out twice. So that'll be our next plan down the line is uh, actually identifying is this the actual location? And if it is, um, and, and I know we, we have prepared the site and everything like that. But that um, I, I think should be the next step. So the um, the motion from about a year ago, then, as far as the approval on the geotechnical again. So none of that money's been spent yet. It's <coughs> not my understanding. The money there has been money spent up there, but, but not on the geotechnical no, itself. Not on the geotechnical. 
there has been no geotechnical boreholes or geotechnical design up there. And, uh, and none of that $250,000 under the collaborative grant has been yes. spent. To my knowledge. I guess I'm, when we discussed this before, like I, and maybe I'm totally at lunch, I see the fire hall and the town shop being one building and that there would be shared spaces between the two, that there won't be a solid partition between that. So coffee areas, meeting rooms, offices would be co-chimed, so it would allow greater flexibility in the thing. I don't see that being reflected in this proposal. I don't know. Am I, am I out to lunch wanting to see that there would be an integrated town-owned facility up there that just happened to be partly fire health, partly town, town public workshop? Uh, Councillor, that was one of the things that I had the discussion with the architect on specifically, um, having one building, two buildings, when you add one, when you, you take one away. Uh, the cost savings um, of having one building basically with the, the two functions there. Um, and when I had the, the discussion, the discussion specifically was as well, if you were building both of them, um, he would still recommend it being two separate buildings. Uh, the amount of cost of savings was approximately about hundred dollars to $150,000 between the two buildings. And he started to break it right down. Uh, why it was that? I th I was surprised when he threw that number out because I thought personally there would be you you would have one mechanical room, you had one electrical room that you share, of course, you know the, the same coffee room. But that was um, basically uh, what he was coming on out. The other thing is is when uh, this fire study that we're doing that will be one of the little concepts I am going to be asking is again what would be better? Could you put the two together? Um, just even from that point of view. So um, we are following up on that. Um, and uh, that was one of the, the questions that I did ask. So, because I, I, again, I thought it would be cheaper substantially to just have one building. The other issue is, is uh, we might not be building the fire hall if we determine that it isn't. You know, we, we still have to have that study done uh, and seeing, you know, is that the best location? Is it not the best location? Um, or do we need the second fire hall? Uh, our, our study will come back and, and, and tell us that because we d definitely don't want to be committing to a, um, a facility, a capital facility such as that, that could go in the range of, well, in the multi million dollars. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So, does anyone wish to make? Oh, Your Worship, I'd be, uh, <coughs> I'd like to put a motion on the floor to uh, Retain BR2 architecture for the initial stage known as the schematic design for the town public workshop. Uh, Mayor, do you want to uh, put the dollar values there for a fixed fee of $35,000 plus disbursements up to a maximum of 50000 Yes, Your Worship. All in favor of Councillor Ford's motion? Passed. Thank you. You're welcome. I lost my spot here. So that takes us to 10 councillor reports. Uh, so basically, uh, a round table, uh, verbal update from councillors 
regarding meetings they've attended, meetings they intend to attend, and uh, highlight or, or uh, underscore uh, important developments from the meetings that they have attended. So uh, who wishes to start? I can go first. I have one. one. Okay. Yeah, I can go first. I only have uh, one meeting that I attended, November 18th, which was the RCMP uh, Advisory Committee meeting. Um, they are there's a, a group that is forming. A Perhaps what we should don't mean to interrupt Councillor Board, but I guess there are a couple of items that we've added on the addition under new business. One was the Water for Life North Peace Housing Synopsis. Uh, perhaps we could uh, um, we could uh, sure. address those before we leave. Uh. Sorry about that, Councillor. Yeah, that just went right through my mind. Um, very late this afternoon, approximately uh, three. So this water. is the water for life. The water for life. Uh, I received a phone call from uh, our engineer Trent Blossom and uh, the CAO from uh, uh, County of uh, Northern Lights. Um, and uh, they were informed that uh, basically the Water for Life is going to get an influx of $350 million. Um, and, but applications need to be put in by November 30th. And so... Um, <laughs> that would be this year, right? <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> so nothing like planning. So anyway, um, what, what they did is um, they had participated in the earlier Water for Life program uh, uh, in which our, we had to upgrade uh, at our, our plant and with the purpose of eventually uh, moving on to uh, Dixonville. So they're going to be putting in a second application now to continue that line if possible. So they asked if we would um, uh, come on in and uh, participate in this. Uh, during this, I, I started looking at, uh, uh, I asked a couple of questions about funding and, and I said we, I couldn't really commit counsel to any funding and um, so, um, and I was a little concerned about that, but I do know that uh, they do need a letter of support. So we have two motions that we're going to uh, make a suggestion for mm -hmm. council to move. And uh, I'll read out the two motions and then, you know, uh, if council wishes to adopt them uh, separately, that'd be fine. So the first one is that the town of Peace River apply jointly with the county of Northern Lights for the continued development of a regional water line from Peace River to the hamlet of Dixonville. And then the second one is direct administration to negotiate with representatives of the County of Northland Light the funding formula for the expansion of the regional water services to Dixonville and bring the formula back to Council for approval. So uh, I think then at that point we can, in, in good fairness, uh, uh, you know, write them a letter, uh, but then also look at uh, the possible funding uh, components of, the, of that uh, and uh, how much it would be approximately for us and, and vice versa. If it even should be anything for us, but so. Yeah, so, and some of the background there is that Northern Lights is under the impression that we would help fund the uh, line from Reservoir 475 to, the, to our municipal boundaries. And um, having been on council for uh, approximately five years now, I don't recollect that, that the town made that commitment, uh, but that's why we, uh, we need the, uh, the second motion so that, you know, we can, 
you know, where we'll dig out, we'll dig through history and try to find out what precedents there are and what commitments were actually made and uh, go from there. So the, let me just get this clear. So we're making a motion that we go into a joint application with them, but we're not guaranteeing that we're going to participate financially? Well, the application, uh, well, for instance, the, the water treatment, well, that's, that's why there's the second motion. So what right. does this actually involve? Uh, they need to, they need us to sign a letter that says, yeah, we support the application that they've made. And, and yeah, I do know that there was a commitment to, to, uh, to get that line out to Dixonville. I'm willing to honor that yeah. commitment. I don't know what our financial commitments were out of that. I do know that we built, the water treatment plant was built. Uh, I don't know if Northern, uh, County of Northern Lights actually put money into that fund to build that water treatment plant. I certainly know that the town put in uh, a small percentage and the province put in uh, close to 90%, if, if not more. Yeah, I, so. I think you misunderstand my question, though. There's a considerable difference between a letter of support and a joint application. So that's what I would like to clarify. Are we saying, yes, go ahead, we support you and, and make your application, or are we saying we will do a joint application? Um, There's a considerable difference there. I, I just, for, for background, if I could just back up, I would, I would suggest that what they're asking for is a joint application. And the reason I say that is, going back five years, uh, it was largely federal money that went into that. Provincial money. Federal. Water for Life Provincial. Water for Life Provincial. Okay. Um, so I, I do think the federal people did kick in some money, and that's why Chris Worthington right. was, so at, the, was uh, oh, okay. at the open. Okay, fair enough. So it was Water for Life. But the, the project was oversized, and, and the argument from the Northern Lights always was that we were successful in our application and in that project because it was always the vision was a regional water line. So they, they would put forward the argument that we, we benefited for some time uh, from a facility that was oversized because they expressed this vision of doing a regional water line. And then guess what happened? The, the money dried up and the water line, the Water for Life program uh, evaporated. So I think they'll take the position that, uh, and I think we did around here as a political IOU, that we would support them. Uh, in, a, in another joint application. Um, the question of spending $30 million to put our water line to Dixonville is a, another matter, I guess, but I, I, I think if Northern Lights was in the room, they would, they would consider it an outstanding IOU that we support them in a joint application to Water for Life. Um, right, but I think Councillor Sawchuk's issue concern is if we make an application, are we actually committing to a funding formula? I, I would hope not. Deputy um, Mayor. Um, Mr. Mayor, I, I would direct our attention to um, paragraph one, which requests your council to support this application, which and then the motion kind of changes <coughs> that. So, 
I would go with the support, but I'm not sure about applying. Well, again, you know, all of these Water for Life things, and then Councilor Needham is absolutely correct. They're, they're strongly based on regional collaboration between more than one municipality. So the more people you have involved in, and saying, yes, we agree with this application, or we support this application, or we will participate in this application, the more likelihood it's going to get accepted. So, uh, And I do agree with Councilor Needham again that I believe that there was some commitment verbally or whatever that we would support this in the future when it does come forward. Just uh, I'm a little concerned again, like I say, without knowing the soup nuts and bolts, if they're going to make an application, do they have a plan on the yeah. shelf already? Yeah. Would it be fair that we <laughs> get another look at that before we make a commitment, or do they need this well, well by the end of the month, I guess? But Right, and we don't meet, and that's why I think we're, a motion to support the application would be fair, and then the second motion to work out the details is also fair. On one hand, because really what they want from us is a letter that they, we support the application. Yes. I think that's... That's not what the motion says. Participation. It's, again, it's a, it's a joint application, so... Uh, okay, so administration has amended it slightly on the go. Uh, <laughs> that the Town of Peace River... Uh, 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 with a provide a letter of support uh, for the um, well your wording is a bit awkward here but uh, so you're saying that the town of Peace River uh, provide the County of Northern Lights with a letter of support uh, for the continue, continued development of a regional water line for Peace River to the Hamlet of Dixonville under the Water for Life program Correct, and technically we would be part of that process, but we're not really committing ourselves to funding totally because we're providing a letter of support, and the water would be coming from our region or from our plant. So that's how I kind of like look at it. And that we still, if they want us to participate in that part, I still think we need the second motion where we go and discuss the actual funding. And, and the reason is because the funding for uh, water for like. Normally, it's 90% covered by the, the province, but there's certain components that isn't. So, for example, um, upgrades to plants and also booster stations. The booster stations, they only cover 50% of that. So, we're looking at one booster station minimum, which is approximately around $2 million. So, if uh, we were to uh, be responsible for that, two, uh, that project there, Water for Life would cover one of the two million, so we'd have to find the other million. And then the lines is approximately 1.8 kilometers, and um, so I'm not sure how many. Well, the line is more than 1.8. It's is uh, it? It's um. Oh, sorry. You got new numbers, good. 60 kilometers. I, I did a little bit of research when I left oh, your office. Oh, to the edge of the boundary. Oh, to our boundary. Approximately one and a half miles. One and a half miles. For the line to get up to, there's the reservoir 475. This is Highway 2. This is where the approved reservoir was, our proposed reservoir was going. And Chris, I also came up with some of the initial costs of what the other application had. Would you like to see? It's just numbers. 
but I, I, I was under the impression, Sandy, and I don't know if you, you recollect it, was that the water of li water for life would also fill the line from 475 to the boundary? Yes, my understanding was the Shaftesbury upgrade and the reservoir 475 Peter Main was under was was phased with the portion to bring it to Dixonville. They only had so much money, so they approved the Shaftesbury and the reservoir 475 Peter Main. And at that point, Peace River was awarded it. Now, I don't know the details or... And that's why we need that second motion, to work out the details. So, just as we're working out details, the, the other part that, that I was never clear about, so assume we built a line and assume uh, we put a, me a metering station right at the reservoir that Director Sandy has in front of us. So cubic meter charge for for water it, how do these do we set that yes. we the town of Peace River we, we would establish a rate well we do that for the Shaftesbury co-op right. lines right <coughs> so we would read so aside from water for life and infrastructure and those stations when it comes to the cost of the product we we retain control of that then okay so I guess my one more question would be, does this, uh, this new main up uh, secondary highway there, is that uh, a requirement of future development of those subdivisions up in there, that main? Um, I, I, I don't think it was a requirement, but I think that the County well, of Northern Lights was thinking that they they would use that water line to create subdivisions within that. No, no, I mean within the Town of Peace River. We have planned subdivisions in there. Is that oh. is that main required, or is that part of the overall plan for those subdivisions, Sandy? Or is that the um, we can only pump up. We could not pa uh, pump past this proposed reservoir. We just don't have the public capacity to get enough past this. So if there was any subdivisions being developed, we would not be able to supply them with water without a booster station. Okay, so. Then at some future time, like you're going to build, you're going to build a uh, a main line and a new reservoir. So what you're saying is, to develop those other subdivisions up there, we would have to put another booster station probably at that reservoir and feed the other direction. No, the booster the the booster station would pump up, and from there you would have a PRV that would reduce it to go into those subdivisions. So the PRV so where would your booster station be? at this reservoir. So the existing reservoir? No, no. There's the existing new, reservoir right. down there. You're going to build Here's a new the one. proposed yeah. one. We have enough head down here pumping capacity to get water. Yeah, uh, that, that's there. what I said. And so you would need you need the booster station at that second at reservoir. At that site. Right. Okay. That's the St. Germain uh, area structure plan. Right. So what I'm saying is eventually we're going to need a main line. Okay, so who, who wants to make the motions?
Okay, Your Honor, I'd uh, put a motion on the floor that the Town of Peace River provide the County of Northern Lice with a letter of support for the continued development of the regional water line from Peace River to the Hamlet of Dixonville under the Water for Life program. All in favor, Councillor? Well, I have a question. Okay. Like, that's not what the county asked for. And I, I thing there is we're not providing the level of support that they requested. Is that really what we want to do? Well, why don't you make a friendly amendment then to me or uh, propose an amendment to the motion? Well, I guess I have another question. They didn't. I mean, I see this benefiting development on the West Hill up along there. The developers there will be able to do that. Could we use some of the funds that we've collected from the off-site levies to fund this? So we could, that's where the part of the funding could come from, from the towns to do that. Okay, but... So what's that got to do with the, this letter of support? Well, I guess my, my sense is, like, I would rather, like, from what I heard at the a, AUMA and what I've heard from the AMDNC is the province, the provincial government, is really pushing these partnerships. And to me, there's quite a difference between a, a motion where we're stating that we're, we will support them versus whether we want to make a joint application. I think there's a tremendous difference to this government if, if, if we were it that way. And so I I guess if I have to, I'll make a friendly motion rather than support that we jointly that we jointly apply with the county. Um, jointly apply with the county? Mr. Mayor, is there any way that we could uh, contact uh, Mr. McLaughlin within the next few minutes and ask for clarification on what he was asking? One advantage that I'll, I'll talk on both sides there. One advantage of doing an apply jointly, then prior to them actually sending it in, um, they have to send it to us. So we'd say, yes, we agree with all the terms of the joint application, because then it's a joint application. Um, if there was something that was a concerning factor, um, I could have it coming back to the governance and priority meeting. We could call a special council meeting if need be, if we had to amend or adjust or you know, so if council is looking at a, a sense of um, we want to make sure we're, we're, we're doing something right but not tying our hands, uh, that is a way, and then the friendly amendment would work fine. So it's November 23rd. They need to get this thing in by November 31st. They want to put in the old application, blow the dust off it. Uh, what does the old application say? Do you recall, Ms. Adams? From what I gathered from the conversation is that we would be responsible up to the town bumps for the line and the reservoir and booster station. That was what the joint, that's what they applied for last time and then they would take it. Their, their portion would be from the boundary to Dixonville. And uh, we don't know where the financing is coming from. So, so you're gonna you're gonna uh, make a joint application with seven days left, and you don't know what's going to be in the joint application, and you haven't had a chance to review it. You don't know where the financing is. That'd be kind of irresponsible, wouldn't it?
suggestion would be maybe um, council approve the engineering portion of this, the application, because it would have to be engineered anyways. But I, again, I think that the whole point of the thing is, is they're looking for either we're going to support it and in, in our support, are we? We say, are we agreeing to a joint application? That was my original question. Um, and, you know, I see what Rod says. I, I don't know um, how how quick can we get some clarification from the county on exactly what they're asking. Okay. So recess for five minutes, ten, five to ten minutes. November twenty-third. Um, so uh, we recessed, and uh, the assignment to uh, Mr. Parker, our CAO, at the recess was. Uh, to find out from the County of Northern Lights or their representative if a letter of support would be sufficient or whether the motion needed to t speak specifically to uh, jointly applying. Um, and Mr. Partner, what was your what was the answer given to you? The response uh, is either or, but a letter of support is fine because technically, you put in a letter of support, the water would be coming from us, so it would be considered a joint regional project. I withdraw my previous. So, Mr. Councillor Sachak's motion uh, uh, is on the table. Uh, does anybody want? Councillor Sachek to reread his motion. Okay, all in favor of <coughs> Councillor Sachek's motion? Uh, you have another motion, I believe, Mr. Sachek. Uh, yes, uh, Your Worship, I move the uh, to direct administration to negotiate with representatives causing the County of Northern Lights funding formula for the expansion of the regional water services to Dixonville and bring the formula back to Council for approval. All in favor of Councillor Sachek's second motion? Passed unanimously. Um, so um, under so that was one of the additions. Another addition was North Peace Housing Synopsis. Was uh, Mr. Needham going to provide this, or was? Uh, administration uh, <clears throat> Pardon me, Your Worship. Yes, I I think largely these synopsis reports in Northeast Housing, uh, we have regular board meetings. Uh, I think last fall, Claude Regal um, and other elected officials met in Grimshaw. One of their issues was more regular communication. So to be perfectly honest, um, I after our meetings, they're prepared. I mail them to my colleagues and we put them on this agenda just so that it forms part of the public record. Um, I, I don't, if people have got questions, uh, I would certainly uh, answer them, but I, I think it's just basically information and I think it's just supporting the spirit of that regional meeting which took place some time ago and it was at a time when uh, the requisition 
was an increase, and uh, of course one of the requests was for more information. So it, that's, that's all it is is just information, unless there's a specific question. I I do have one. Are, do those uh, do those records go on our website? Are they public document? They are obviously public document, but do we post them as well? I yes, they're yeah. So that yeah, they become part of our public record. So so it would yeah. Okay, thank you. So I'm just noticing there's there's none in our package this time, unless I'm missing something. Am I missing something? What we'll do is we'll make sure they get on. So that anyone does go back, they they can see that. That's not a problem. Okay. Email that very Yeah. I'll consider that agenda item closed. Uh, that now takes us to council reports. So we'll allow Mr. Ford to continue. <coughs> Thank you, Your Worship. I attended the uh, RCMP CAC meeting on November the eighteenth. Um, the one group that is going to be forming uh, locally is a, re a Restorative Justice Association, which is going to be dealing or helping deal with uh, um, sentencing. Um, another thing that was brought up uh, in, the, in the talks there is the committee is looking at uh, doing a presentation to all the local municipalities in regards to funding for a couple of speed reader boards, and those speed reader boards are, would be the sim similar to the uh, the trailer that the RCMP have that says your speed you're doing, <coughs> doing this. But these are a smaller version that you can attach to a a signpost. Uh, they're quite a bit smaller, and they would be shared um, throughout the uh, the regional communities. Uh, so, for instance, during one presentation, they're talking about uh, traffic uh, coming underneath the the overpass towards the uh, uh, the the youth services building uh, that could be a that could be a place you could put these. Uh, one of the other areas that was brought up was the uh, the highway in front of uh, the Grimshaw High School. Uh, they have problems with people speeding there, so they're talking about purchasing a couple of these signs and having it supported by the local municipalities. Um, also, just completed uh, for the town of Grimshaw, Berwyn. Brownville and the MD of Peace was a regional fire study. Um, those uh, <coughs> recommendations are supposed to be being release, released um, by December 16th. So I just want to go back to these uh, portable speed reader boards. The, uh, I'm thinking about my vehicle. Aren't all your vehicles have their own speed reader board in, in them? So <laughs> call this speedometer, but this this is to uh, this is a tool to help uh, um, the general public in a in a in an area that you're. This is the speed limit, but you're it's it's more of a, a radar thing. Um, also, it is uh, communicatable with uh, like an, a patrol car can pull up beside it and download the data off it wirelessly and gives them. Uh, Peak times of when people when there's this amount of traffic coming through, what the, what their speeds are, etc. So it's just an, another added tool to help people slow down. Well, obviously somebody's paying for these boards. <laughs> okay, so uh, the the cost the the ones that they're looking at the cost on these boards are approximately uh, 
uh, $3,000 each on the ones that they're looking at, um, which the CAC group will be putting in uh, approximately 1000 and they'll be uh, trying to raise the other 3000 through the other municipal through the uh, other municipalities. Councilor Bear. I attended the community advisory board that was created by the Peace River School Division, uh, first meeting there. Um, basically, all we did at the first meeting was go through the, uh, the terms of reference which have been uh, previously presented in, in the agenda package last month. Um, good representation of the ones that had, they invited. Everyone was there except the uh, Fairview Chamber of Commerce. And I think I thought they invited Manny and Chamber of Commerce as well. Neither one of those was there. The, um, the other thing I thought was interesting, they asked whether or not everyone would support whatever recommendations come from the committee, or if anyone had any groups had a specific outcome in mind before we go in. And everyone said, you know, I guess it makes sense that they would support whatever made sense for, for the school division, what may, would be the, in the best interest of the students. And, overall the least cost, so uh, they're planning on having about three or four meetings, and they've picked dates for the, the next next couple of meetings, so. And then other than that, I attended the uh, uh, meeting of the East Regional Waste Management Company, but I'll let Colin talk about that one, because he was there too. And uh, Arne, you were at the uh, LIDA uh, Festival of Trees event. Both Friday and Saturday, or just I attended the uh, Festival of Trees on Saturday evening, and uh, again today at the uh, Silver Bell Tea, where I volunteered. Right, and well attended the, the uh, Saturday event. Uh, Saturday event seemed to be seemed to be fairly full. There, uh, one of the trees that was sold that was uh, uh, decorated by the woman shelter themselves. Uh, nice little bidding war with our local shell people, and that tree sold for $3,500. Uh, the Silver Bell Tea, uh, most seniors I've seen out uh, at that event in a very long time. And you were at the Festival of Trees, or? No, I don't. Mr. Needham? Uh, thank you, Your Worship. Uh, yes, last week I think. Uh, Big part of my week, uh, I attended the Alberta Association Municipal Districts and Counties uh, Conference in Edmonton. Uh, I think just a couple of very quick highlights uh, for me. Uh, Minister Daniel uh, uh, Levy uh, was Minister of Municipal Affairs. She she spoke, and I, I think it's fair to say that her her address, uh, her speech to the rural delegates, I think perhaps caught some of them uh, by surprise and she specifically talked about uh, the MGA uh, tour in Alberta uh, this summer I guess uh, and of course changes to the MGA would be uh, reflected in law by before the next municipal election. Uh, she talked about the relationships between urbans and rurals and then she talked a lot about linear tax assessment and that got quite a quite a uh, 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 quite a quite a number of comments from delegates. So uh, I, I think basically the the words that I wrote down on my 
on my uh, cheat sheet were the, the agreements between urbans and rurals, and this is, this is pretty much a quote, well it is a quote, uh, can no longer be left to chance. So she did speak, sp speak specifically to Woodland and Greenview as being successful models, but she went on to talk about the need for less competition amongst municipalities and more regional collaboration. So uh, I'm not sure where that's going, but I can tell you that a number of the rural delegates that went to the microphones, uh, they, the first four speakers were not questions, they were largely political statements, and uh, I think the fifth speaker actually asked a question, I'm not sure what it was, but uh, there was uh, some pretty upset rural delegates, uh, so certainly uh, stand by. The other, just very quickly, uh, Brian Mason, he's the new Minister of Infrastructure, I believe, and uh, just a, a couple things, uh, he based his speech on something which, it's the, the counter-cycle approach to, uh, to investment, so what you want to do in times of the economy is you want to invest in infrastructure projects. So this is where he rolled out. And I heard CAO Chris say 350 million. I wrote down 330 for rural uh, uh, rural projects, and specifically rural is uh, water for life, uh, bridges, and I also heard public transit. So pretty vague on the details, but uh, again, uh, a big investment coming up. And, Maybe that's where this November 30th deadline came from all of a sudden. Uh, all of a sudden the minister made an announcement and somebody wants to get some money out the door uh, quickly, I'm not sure. So that was the highlight for me. I did do uh, the landfill, but we better give the mayor some speaking time. So, uh, oh, you weren't at, you didn't make that. Oh my God. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, we did some policies. Help me out, Councillor Burke. Uh, That's it. Was all those policies reviewed? Yeah, really a number of policies relating to uh, staff use of vehicles, um, purchasing, social media purchasing, uh, the authority of the manager in terms of where he can go, what needs to be advertised. So. So maybe it was a good meeting for you to miss. It was largely policy-driven, kind, of, kind of dry stuff. So that's uh, that was my week. Deputy Mayor Manzik, did uh, Mr. Needham steal your thunder? Oh, by all, no means. <laughs> no means. Um, at the AAMDC, the um, Environment and Parks Minister, Shannon Phillips, also mentioned that she was <coughs> directing her ministry to help um, uh, lessen the log jam of water licenses, which might be good news for a few people. Um, she also spent a lot of time talking about energy efficiencies. Um, the health minister talked about aging in place as being a priority, as well as doctor recruitment and retention, which might help us with our um, uh, clinic situation. Um, other than that, um, they are resuming the funding for roads, bridges, and local airports, which uh, I think uh, the rules appreciated. And there was something about um, money for funding for rural buses, businesses. Must have been businesses I'm supposed to write down here. Yeah, so that was a very good conference. Um, I would again recommend that if any other counselors could attend in another year or the spring one that they do so. 
Um, I talked with uh, some people from Penhold who had an interesting uh, way of looking at their water challenges. So, and some misconceptions about northern Alberta water, as far as I know. Anyway, so it was a good conference. Then, uh, previous to that, I had gone to a Pathways to Sustainability, which was a conference um, this time held in the town of Old. Apparently, it was supposed to have been in Drayton Valley. And apparently, every two years, that central South Alberta region holds these conferences. So this one was uh, very much uh, centered about uh, local economies, but they also had a speaker by a video conference from, I think, Toronto, and he was talking about the business case for sustainability imperative. He talked about climate change, he talked about um, looking at your social programs to see what economic value they um, put into your community as well. Uh, community resilience came up a lot. Um, one of the speakers was advocating that um, communities such as old seem to be doing okay with owning their own um, gas and electrical, or they take one cent per kilowatt, or kilowatt used, and that goes into the town coffers to fund whatever. Apparently olds, it started at 80,000 and it's now at 170,000 a year that they get from that. I was not too clear as to what infrastructure in terms of administration was required, but they didn't seem to think it was that much. Uh, there was lots of talk about uh, solar, lots of talk about local uh, farming, uh, small farms that are pretty independent but sell their um, things locally. And um, once again, I well actually recommended to Le Cardinal that maybe they think about sending someone to one of these conferences in a future year just to see what other areas are doing as a, a broader community than just one municipality at a time. So, very good. And did you go to the festival of trees? Yes. Yeah. Oops, I attended a, a number of things. Um, first off, we were, uh, I was at the uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, luncheon on the first Tuesday of the month there, and also attended the Chamber of Commerce executive meeting on the 12th. Uh, there was some discussion around uh, a couple things, a couple key points, I think. Um, one of them was the uh, Lac Cardinal Regional Economic Development Board and the situation the Chamber of Commerce is currently in with those as to whether or not they will remain as a member of that board. Uh, they certainly wish to, uh, and I think it is my uh, question to Council here as to whether or not you guys or you as a, us as a council see that we would offer them support to remain on that board. Uh, it's my recommendation in dealing with them over the last couple months that they've come around considerably in their uh, methodology, I think, in their thinking. And they certainly have put forward some, some uh, suggestions on how they would see us working together with them. and. Uh, Having them remain on that board is uh, one of the key things I think that they see. Uh, so at our next Black Cardinal board meeting, there will be 
much discussion, I'm sure, and there will be an actual group. So as representative of this council, I guess what I'm looking for from you guys is uh, a direction that you want me to take when I'm at that meeting. <clears throat> I think they all know my personal feelings. I, I, I believe personally that, the, I, that we can work with this uh, chamber. I think it gives us an opportunity. I'm not sure that some of the other members on the Lock Cardinal Board see that or, or uh, realize that. We've had a, a number of sort of uh, off-the-record meetings with uh, the Chamber executives and with members of the Lock Cardinal executive as well. Uh, and I think patching things up with them is imperative to where we carry on for the next couple of years some feedback maybe from you guys, what do you think? Um, well, I think uh, the uh, the Cardinal ha had talked about getting everyone to sign a, uh, basically a letter of commitment and a letter That's basically that says, we're going to be a team player. And, and I think they are prepared to do that. Um, Again, uh, you know, I've made it clear to the La Cardinal group that whether the chamber stays or whether they don't stay, that we are in for the three-year term. Um, we're going to be working with the chamber regardless whether they are on La Cardinal or not. We're going to be uh, hopefully trying to uh, make things work a little better. So again, like I say, when it when it comes down to the vote there, though, I would I would recommend that we support the chamber and uh, have them come on board, if at all possible. Anybody? So do you need a motion to that, or do you just want feedback? No, right? it's just feedback from the from the council that I'm going in the right direction. Again, I'm, I'm on that committee to represent you guys, so you know, if, if you think that that is the way we want to go, that we... Uh, at, at their no November luncheon, I talked to Shelly after, and uh -huh. Amy was there, we talked about it. I think Shelly... You know, she may not like the decision, but I, I sense that she feels that they should be there and they they, uh, they need to, to make it work. And I, I took it that she, she, as long as she's the president, will be, be you know, yeah. do what she can to make it work. And like I say, after that after that meeting, uh, the luncheon meeting, Chris and I both met with them at the executive meeting. And I think that that was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was reinforced again. Um, that's that's one of the things we talked about. There's a number of other things we discussed. You know, we that a little bit too, maybe, but uh, yeah, just the feeling from the group what, whether or not we at that meeting we basically say yeah we think they should be involved. I I would say yes. Uh, you know the proviso proviso is that we're uh, moving in the same direction. Yep. Agreed. Okay, thank you. So the other thing they talked about was they were back to the old uh, town hall meeting sort of thing and where are we, when are we going to get together and organize the town hall sort of thing. So uh, there was lots of discussion back and forth on you know what format do we need to have to have a meeting where we get our messages out. And I think <laughs> after there was uh, quite a bit of discussion, we came down to the fact that you know we are having our, our Christmas open house. Uh, we are going to be presenting some of our forward issues and things that are currently available and you know the chamber you guys should come on down and take a look and see what we're doing they thought that that format was very acceptable to them um, they were concerned about having meetings you know or expecting the public to come into our regular meetings or to our p 
PNG meetings, uh, their, their comments were that this is not a friendly environment for people to come and sit and listen. They don't feel like they could, well, you know, it is daunting, I guess, uh, that people use typically won't make voice things unless they're, you know, really dead set against what you're doing and people are going to stand up and yell and scream. But to get information into, you know, there's a, certainly a good percentage of the population that won't attend those meetings. So I think the idea was that we would go ahead and, and they would come and experience our thing on, in, at our uh, Christmas open house thing, and that we would uh, quite possibly, after they see how that goes, if we want to get together with them, they wanted to co-host another thing out of council chambers, maybe at the basketball hall or something in a uh, almost a coffee type uh, atmosphere where we could again bring a couple issues up that are ongoing that we're looking at and present it. To, the, to their members and to the public uh, without, you know, a PowerPoint presentation and all that, just uh, kind of a mill around and chat. Uh, so, again, something that they proposed we, we consider. And, uh, anything else you want to add? I, I, actually, I thought it was a very good, productive discussion with uh, the, the group. Uh, quite a few of them, uh, it was very open. Um, and uh, I think some of the miscommunication that had happened uh, was clarified, uh, even to the point of uh, what our thought patterns and their thought patterns of a town hall meeting was, and uh, how you can actually facilitate a town hall meeting. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a panel and a, an individual who's going to be then uh, uh, monitoring the panel and then just specific questions. So it, so it's not adversarial at all. Uh, uh, a town hall meeting could be very similar in which you have different stations and and you're presenting different points of view, maybe the strategic plan, or the financial budget, and uh, then if the public is uh, interested, they can come up to the various stations and actually uh, get questions. So we, we went from one gamut to the other gamut. And again, I, I thought it was very positive uh, moving forward, and uh, Chamber did uh, express that they did want to move uh, forward in a positive manner, and, and uh, yeah, so. Well, maybe on that vein and looking for good venues, the Christmas of Andrew is sort of using formal. The spring trade show is coming up. Uh, why wouldn't we have a booth beside the Chamber of Commerce to do something? I mean, that's a, we're, we're there anyway. It's a low-cost event for us. All council attends. Um, we are often engaged from Friday night till, I guess it's Saturday night now. I guess it's the, the, the day and a half. But there would be another opportunity to do that without uh, microphones and uh, yeah. a stage. And so I just to throw out an idea. But, um, a gate, a, a great audience. Uh, maybe that's something that the chamber can organize as well. Yeah. I think. I think one of the other things is that what they want to do is sit down with a sort of a smaller group, uh, their executive and a couple members of our council. They brought this up before, and plan some of these sort of strategic things is where we can do some of this stuff. Uh, they do want to have something around the time again that we get our, our budget basically somewhat solidified and, and have a discussion around that where we're going. And that was one of the key questions that they asked again a couple times was, you know, where are you guys going, you know, sort of long term sort of thing, where do you see yourselves being, you know, another year or another year and a half, two years at the end of your term, what do you hope to accomplish? And, and we discussed the, uh, the uh, our strategic plan and, and updating that and that that will be presented and, and they were quite uh, uh, receptive. And again, I think they, I think they just, they want to see where we're going. And, 
have, have us explain that. Um, you know, I did make the comment, and it was uh, was kind of accepted <laughs> accepted by them as well. Andy, you know, got on his horse a little bit, and I just I point blank said to him, you know, Andy, you know, you're always telling us what we're doing wrong. Uh, help him throw some ideas out there on what you want to see us do right, and that kind of shut him up. And uh, actually, Shelley came to the afternoon meeting. Like I said, you know, that was uh, probably a valid comment that the chamber does have to uh, consider what they're uh, what they're putting forward and what they expect us to do. So, so other other than that, I think that was kind of the highlights of the meeting. We, we did talk extensively about the budget budget process concepts and, and, and trying to get the communication out and the different tools we're trying to use this year as opposed to uh, past years and recognizing that uh, not everyone gets their information one way you know it's not even the newspaper the radio or some people read some people will be online some people have to be in person you know so we're trying to capture all those audiences by doing a little of everything So that was one meeting. <laughs> um, the other thing uh, I did attend on the, uh, we had a, um, a regional recreation committee meeting on the uh, 3rd of November. And uh, at that time, again, we brought forward some uh, proposals uh, from the various administrations that worked together to come up with uh, some funding options uh, and different ways of funding uh, what we perceived as being the project we're looking at. Uh, after that meeting, basically, it's come back to the various administrations to take some of those recommendations back to their councils, have a look at it, and see if they even consider them feasible or whether we have to knock back our project. Uh, so that's where it's at right now. Uh, talked to Tanya again today. They are still running through a bunch of the different things. Uh, there will be a presentation, I believe, at our next council meeting on uh, the status of where, where the committee sees this thing going. Um, for our input, I guess, our next uh, rec committee meeting is on the 10th of December. So we have a couple of meetings and a couple of governance and priorities meetings in between there which we're going to have to have a decent discussion at least one of those meetings uh, around where we want to go with this. So uh, with the uh, change in economic conditions, has there been a discussion about changing the uh, scope of the project? We touched base on lots of possibilities. You know, again, you know, we were anywhere from a, a $25 million project to a $35 million project. You know, and they looked at, okay, if we do this, you know, we talked about various things right up to, you know, how much borrowing can you do, you know, and, and so the, the whole discussion was around uh, the different uh, partnering municipalities and what they could feas uh, feasibly do. So again, uh, that's coming back to all the councils and obviously we'll get, we'll get Tanya to uh, bring that forward in our next council meeting or if we choose to do it, I don't know if we want to do it in governance, maybe leave it open for more discussion or? Probably just that item at one because it's going to be a good budget yeah. process. So uh, again, I, I kind of leave that up to Chris and Tanya to sort of how they want to 
bring that forward, but there would be some serious discussion, I think. Um, a couple of things I did attend. I did attend the Rotary House Gala. Uh, thanks to the town for supplying the table. It was uh, well attended and uh, good, uh, another good fundraiser. Uh, participation this year was down. Uh, noticeably, some of the oil field people weren't in the room, which typically they were, but uh, I guess that's to be expected. Um, but again, another, uh, another good fundraiser for them. Uh, light up the park we attended as well. Uh, museum board meeting was last Wednesday, our uh, bi-monthly meeting basically. So um, again, reviewed a couple policies and a few things like that. There will be a, Update I suspect in our next agenda. They want to get those to council directors. Um, they did have a, an opening at the um, at the museum on last Saturday uh, before the festival of trees from 4:30 to 6. I think they have a new a new gallery opening there. It's the boreal forest display and uh, another local artist uh, on display. And that. And I don't have anything to add. I uh, didn't attend any external meetings uh, for uh, a couple of reasons and missed a few. So. Um, we'll go to the next agenda item, which is um, uh, the information section. There are six items there. Uh, there's a letter from Alberta Culture and Tourism. There's a letter... Uh, uh, regarding emergency management agency, uh, the October 2015 report of the CAO and corporate services, uh, RCMP stats for the month of uh, October, uh, the October 2015 operating and capital budget variance report, and um, the North Peace Housing Foundation Board's meeting synopsis, which was uh, added to the agenda. Um, are there any questions regarding those items? Perhaps we can start with number one. Any uh, any questions regarding this letter from Alberta Culture and Tourism or comments? Just a comment, Mr. Mayor, that uh, they were touring around the various municipal um, recreation and uh, well, recreation spaces this afternoon. So hopefully right so this is the, uh, the for the games of uh, the 55 plus right and they Masters seem games. yes and they've combined the summer and winter Alberta 55 plus games into one game as I understand it at this point in time so the 217 includes curling and hockey in July and August Um, and when will we uh, find out if they want us or don't want us? I'm not totally sure. They were touring about five or six uh, different municipalities in the, these three days, and they were uh, touring for more than just the Alberta 55-plus games. It was other games as well. Okay. Um, the next one is from... Uh, 
the Alberta government and its to directors of emergency management and directors of family and community support services. Um, is there anything uh, specific, Mr. Parker, that we should be taking from this? the uh, emergency management letter. Uh, I think it's more of... It, it's just more of an informational yeah. thing. They're going to come back and uh, actually talk about the, I believe, what they were doing. Uh, but yeah, it was just sort of like a warning. Here we come. Yeah, we are coming. It's more like we, we still exist. Okay. Um, any questions regarding the uh, CAO Corporate Services Department reports? I thought it was very thorough. I'm just wondering if the other departments uh, were delayed for some reason in getting theirs in? Or? Um, that's most of the, the corporate services in this facility, I believe. Uh, I don't know. Did Public Works always? Um, I'm not sure if Public Works actually would send one in or not. Or? Mm -hmm. uh, community services. Uh, uh, protective services and uh, engineering. So we'll I'll make sure that it's on the next one. Okay, thank you. I, I did notice notice on here that there was interviews for the uh, director's position. On that note, we, where are we at? With We're that? still looking. Still looking. Still looking. We've uh, expanded the search. Okay. He's going to look harder now. And he's going to say less hard. Harder. Okay, that's for the director. So I have a question. I have a question regarding the potential for a LARP uh, panel in January. When did we know when and if? And I guess I'm particularly concerned whether I would be on that board. Which panel, sir? It, it will be on uh, January 26th. And uh, yes, you will be. Uh, the, any other questions on that report? Uh, the RCMP put out their usual statistical package. Uh, this is for the month of October and has a, <coughs> plus a five-year comparison. <coughs> any, anybody uh, have any follow-ups they want on that? Hearing none, I'll go to the uh, October 25th Operating and cap uh, Capital Budget Variance Report. And uh, are there any uh, comments or questions that we uh, that need to be asked or uttered? One question for me, Mr. Mayor. Um, the council and legislative part of things, um, there's a, a figure there of uh, 197,000, or not 197%, um, I guess, increase of revenue, is it? Or cost? Or is that because of our governance and priorities meetings, or is that something else? 
actually know there's an increase in the revenue with an offset in the expense side, and that's basically due to um, extra uh, monies received from the uh, joint Northern Sunrise County? Yes, it? The, the assessments were higher than what uh, oh, okay. we had budgeted for, the numbers that they've given us, so they receive more revenue, so we get a, a larger percentage of that. And also, uh, the there was $160,000 received from the Sunrise County for the uh, airport project on the roof. So that is flowed through the, um, currently it's flowed through the council legislation. So it goes in as revenue, then it's moved over to uh, reserve to show that it came in. How close are we to figuring out what's going on with the, uh, the bylaw enforcement, the, the motor radar? Like, are, you, are we getting close? Like. We're meeting. We're meeting uh, on Thursday to uh, get some clarification. Once um, we find out exactly what we can get from global, that will become a priority for me to to get that reconciled. Once once we get the process started and I get caught up, it won't be a big a big issue again. Because right now it's just mostly trying to sort out what all the line by medium thing. Like the global guys with the. AMA said they would be very willing to help out. I'm just surprised it's taking so long. I haven't spoken directly with Global, and I'm not sure if that's going to be the direction that I'm going to be getting. But uh, after Thursday, I'll find out where I stand exactly. And if I have to, uh, with Mr. Parker's uh, permission, I will speak directly with Global and get this, this sorted out uh, as quickly as possible. That's good to hear. That's what I want to hear. <coughs> okay. Uh, the next item was uh, we already went over this North Peace Housing Foundation board meeting synopsis. Uh, are there any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? There is a. Uh, um, we'll just jump to key communication items. Uh, so. Uh, uh, Brian, CKYL, would you uh, Just have any a motion uh, for the questions and or uh, maybe perhaps you can no, give us your you version can. of the highlights for this okay. meeting? And do you want to, uh, do you have any uh, sound bites that you want to uh, get? Okay, so I got the sound bites already from Mr. Waste there earlier on the email update. I think the uh, either um, Mr. Parker or should we just direct them to Ms. Bell? Correct. Uh, Ms. Tanya Bell, Director of uh, Fam Family and Community 
social services. Community services. Community services. Anderson Developments would uh, yeah. would like to uh, substitute a performance bond instead of a letter of credit. Yeah, that uh, across from Home Hardware. You'll see a, uh, a lot that's uh, quite a bit of work is being is taking place on there. That's a piece of property that we're prepping in anticipation of putting in a public workshop, and uh, hopefully we will construct that this this uh, in 2016. And part of the thinking there is the money is already set aside, uh, but. Uh, with the uh, recession that we're in, we would like to uh, keep keep the town working. Uh, and the value of those sort of projects is those monies uh, tend to stay in the community. It isn't as if we're buying an electric generator and we import it from Japan or or uh, or Germany. Uh, people actually will be doing work that live in this community. Um, you, I think you can uh, talk to me about it. I think I pretty well told you everything I know about it. I think one, one, uh, one item that's worth highlighting is that we are writing a letter of support uh, for the County of Northern Lights for their uh, for their application uh, under the Water for Life program to build a water line from uh, the town of Peace River to uh, Dixonville. This is a project that they've had on the books for uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven years. And uh, with renewed funding under the Water for Life program by the uh, current provincial government, uh, that uh, they're taking those those applications again. I'll uh, I'll I'll do that. Okay. So, Mr. Mayor, um, one thing about we we are having our open house on December the seventeenth. So. Any talk you can do to help that out would be great. Four to eight p.m. at Athabasca Hall. And uh, this is a good opportunity for the public to come in and talk talk about what they would like to see in terms of, uh, or where they would like the town to go. Uh, both strategically and also just uh, from a budget point of view. Okay, and sound bites you again or somebody else's that? 
I'll 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 do it because I don't attend any meetings outside of this one. <laughs> Or you would prefer someone else? That's a, uh, no, that could spread me out. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we take a recess and we'll uh, we'll get your interviews in, and uh, perhaps some of the other counselors will jump in. Do you require a motion on the information items, Your Worship? Yes, I do. Your Worship, I put a motion on the floor to accept, accept items one through six under information for information. All in favor of <coughs> Councillor Ford's motion? Uh, are there two councillors against that motion? Yes, there are. Uh, yes, there were. So, I, I take, did, did you two want a recorded vote on that item? Well, if you could perhaps restate the uh, The motion was to accept items 11.1 through 11.6 inclusive uh, for information. Along with the spanking. <laughs> All in favor. <coughs> Passed. Unanimously. It won't happen again. <laughs> so we're recess for five, ten minutes. I've got to find the fire guys for a minute. Okay. They're looking for Tanya. Oh.